Welcome to Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast, where we hear real stories from real people and we tackle all sorts of fun topics in the areas of business, marketing, entrepreneurship, mindset, the arts, and well, life itself. It's amazing what you'll pick up. Thanks for joining us. Well, hello everyone, Darren Saul, episode 177 of Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast coming up to Christmas New Year. Hopefully everybody's doing fantastically well. We've got a couple more shows before the end of the year, but today we have a fantastic guest, Danny Ruspandini. Is that how I pronounce your name, Danny? That's correct. Ruspandini's here, and we're going to chat about how to rebrand your organization the environmentally sustainable way. So welcome to the show, Danny. Thank you, Darren. And now, I mean, it's fascinating to me because, as I mentioned to you earlier, you know, we've, I've never really met a rebranding specialist and then yeah. an environmentally friendly rebranding specialist. <laughs> now we're really yeah. getting niche. <laughs> Interesting combo. Yeah, I haven't met a rebranding specialist either, so <laughs> or a rebranding advisor anyway. So no, Yeah, really uh, looking forward to get into it. But I thought before I do, I thought I'd just give everybody a little rundown into your, your background. So Danny is a rebranding advisor and the founder of Impact Labs Australia. They guide Australian organisations through complex rebrands while ensuring they remain environmentally responsible along the way. So Danny, let's get into it. Tell us a bit about, you know, how you got into this and, you know, why you're so passionate about it, because I'd love to, you know, hear the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for asking. So um, I guess a couple of parts have brought me here. Um you know, having a background in marketing, design, um, advertising. Um, I've always sort of had that, um, I guess that, you know, that interest in, in brand development and just sort of, I've always had this sort of, um, this passion for knowing, um, you know, how people start their businesses, why the business exists, um, what the driver is for making it, um, you know, making it happen in the first place. It's just one of those things that's very interesting to me. Um, and that's, you know, in the, in the, in my life as a, as a creative, um, I've kind of seen a lot of, um, marketing material and a lot of brand development stuff that we would, you know, printed material and that kind of thing. And I've seen a lot of waste, um, come out the other side of that. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, I just got a bit frustrated seeing how much waste is actually um created in the in the creative process and in marketing so yeah, um i guess those two worlds sort of coming together has led me here into there and you know it's always like rebranding can be such an arduous task to think about oh my god i've got a rebrand you know and, and yeah as we've discussed before you know you think that you only have to do a and b but you really have to do a b c d and e and then That's it right. becomes even yeah. more arduous and you think oh my god why did i even start this in the first place yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a, like it's definitely a lot to lot to do. Yeah, and um, yeah, that that that's right. Like that's one hundred percent right because I mean, often with a rebrand, you kind of think it's very surface level. Um, you know, you're probably looking at your website, you're looking at your logo and other things, and thinking, okay, I just got to give that a bit of an update, and we're good to go. Yeah. Um, and what often happens, you know, um, and this doesn't matter if you're a if you're a solo company or if you're a multinational. Um, the deeper you get into a rebrand, the bigger it you realize it is and um it can be the word people use very often is painful it can just be a very <laughs> painful process yeah. um and it often goes so much longer than you expect it to yeah and especially these days because 
you're not only talking about print anymore. You've got digital, you've got web content, you've got blogs, you've got podcasts, you've got YouTube. I mean, there's so much yeah. more, there's so many more platforms for you to, to show up on. So you've got yeah. to make sure that you're consistent across all those platforms, which makes it even more extensive. So man, yeah. but I mean, let's, yeah. let's take a step <laughs> back and kind of, I'd love for the audience to really explore with us why, when might a company be ready for a rebrand? How do you know you're ready for a rebrand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really, um, it's a really important question. So it's, I mean, typically it, it uh, we work with um, companies where the owner, the business leader, um, is, uh, you know, might be the owner or might be a new um, CEO, yep. uh, and they're very connected to the company still. So um, often their own, their own values tend to drive the values that they input into the company and something just starts not quite feeling right anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially, you know, um, being sustainable, being green is a, is a very hot topic at the moment, but it's definitely not a new thing. Um, But it's heavily um, in the media, you'll see sustainability pages and impact pages popping up on websites that you may not have expected before. Um, so something inside that leader or possibly even the team at large is just starting to change. It's just starting to feel a bit different, not quite sitting right. Might not necessarily be that sustainability angle. It might be that, you know, your services are changing a little bit. Um, it might be that you've got a new service or a new product that's coming out that you're really excited about, but maybe it doesn't quite fit with what the company's been doing up until that point. So you just sort of get this sense that, um, that something's not quite right anymore and something needs to change. And unfortunately, I think a lot of um, people just sort of decide that they have to throw everything out that they've built to that point and say, we need to rebrand, we need to change the company. Um, and that, that's kind of <laughs> when, the, when the pain starts because, yeah, there are, um, there are many alternatives to doing a full rebrand like that. So that's part of um, that's part of what Impact Labs is hoping to do. You know, where where we talk about alternatives a lot, um, and yeah, 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 fascinating. And I was actually going to ask you. I mean, are there any? You know, the obviously alternative to not rebranding is, or to rebranding is to not rebrand. <laughs> but yes, you know, that is often an alternative. Yep. <laughs> but um, I, I love the way you mentioned that. There's also like a hybrid model that sometimes you can use what you already have and mm. rebrand to a point incorporating what you already have which is fascinating yes um yeah there are there are a few alternatives that we we talk about at a at a sort of a high level um and then there are you know there are dozens of alternatives really um but a few we talk about one is a copy rebrand so um this is basically you know not changing anything visually necessarily um but you can you can you know do some work on um maybe rewriting something like your your values you know we all talk about our vision our vision our mission and our values um and that can you know i I know that that can sound a little bit like you know fluffy branding speak but um if your values are something that really drives your company um and your own business then having a look at those can be a sort of a, a nice shortcut to um it's not necessarily a rebrand but it does help you change direction a little bit without having to throw everything out that you've built to that point. Um, Just a little tweak. Yeah, that's right. And it's a messaging tweak. You know, it's, it's something that, um, you know, if you, if you're the kind of person who likes to put 
messages on the wall. That's the kind of thing you can put on your wall. It's what you can put on your website and other marketing so that, um, you know, your customers can see that your direction has changed a little bit or maybe it's become a little bit more focused. So a copy rebrand is a nice, um, a nice one. And, you know, a, a sort of a, um, a hot tip there is that regardless of what path you end up taking, even if it is a complete rebrand, often you'll start with your copy anyway. So um, that's sort of doing step one and often that's enough. Yep. Um, another alternative we sometimes talk about too is a brand extension. So mm. you don't necessarily change anything about your core, your brand, your company brand, um, but you add to it. So you don't have to throw anything out, you actually add. So if you add new products or new services, um, you know, you can create, uh, you know, branding, logos, that kind of thing for your new service, sell it as a different product um, and nothing needs to change with your, with your core companies. So there are just a few, there's, a, there's yeah, several I, more. That I we talk love about. that. I think it's fascinating. And, you know, like rebranding can be a journey. It doesn't have to be, it has to be done within two months and everything's rebranded. It can be a journey over five years, but I suppose you have to have a very good roadmap and a good understanding of what you're doing and where you want to go. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that last point that you made um, is something that we try and talk about a lot is um, often people will, will jump into a rebrand a little bit hasty. You know, they, they get this itch that they need to do this now that they've, now that they realize that something needs to change, they need to do it as quickly as possible. Um, and obviously, you know, you kind of want to do it as quickly as possible. Um, but we talk about making sure you have a clear end goal in mind. Um, rather than just sort of diving in and saying, all right, let's just change, let's update the website and figure it out as we go kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's where that's where your pain will really start because as you mentioned before, there are all those platforms and, you know, digital accounts that you probably signed up to, you know, even our accounting and all that kind of stuff is all in the cloud now. So if you're sending invoices with old logos and oh my God, you create a world of pain. Much. So um, having a really clear end goal, um, we... One of our first steps when we walk clients through this is taking an inventory, um, and that can that can be a several week process, and that's going through all those accounts that you mentioned. Wow! Um, asking everyone in the company to to contribute to that inventory, um, and then actually you know creating a really clear and solid rollout plan that's very realistic for everyone's workloads. Um, and you kind of you know you get you get a sense of how long it may actually take you just by doing. Um, simple exercises like that. Wow. Do you have a particular, you know, roadmap or template for how you go about the rebranding process? Like, do you always say, let's start with all your um, copy, then we'll start with all your graphic and video material, then we'll start with your, um, you know, uh, extensions like MYAB and, your, you know, your logo and, and, your, and your signature and your email and all that kind of stuff. Do you have any particular process that you follow i'd love to you know to unpack that a little bit yeah we do and it's it it depends on that path that they end up going down whether it's just a copy rebrand um whether it's a brand extension or something bigger um but yeah as i said one of the first steps is um taking an inventory so um that's something that anyone can do big excel spreadsheet um you know stick it on google docs and share it with everyone in the company and just spend a few weeks going yep i just logged into this that needs to change. I just logged into this one. That needs to change. Take notes of things on the desk, around the office. There'll be vehicles in the car park with stuff on it. Yep. Um, and actually, just to just to sort of um, tangent off to that, off that a little bit. Um, coming back to you know being a being sustainably conscious. Um, 
we work with some suppliers and there are there are plenty of suppliers that you can you can sort of search around they're they're really coming to the to the table with this um we talk about the end of life of um of you know anything that you that you currently own marketing wise material think about you know merchandise sure. um training material any documents that you print um all that kind of stuff that hopefully it's recyclable when you rebrand because all that stuff just gets thrown out which is which is really unfortunate but um yeah, a lot and, of and that's a really good point. There's a lot of wastage in a lot of this stuff, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of suppliers will actually help you think about what the end of life will be for um, some of that material that's slightly more disposable. Yep. Um, so that's a that's that can be a big process in itself if you if you really do want to take this seriously and take sustainability seriously. Um, that can be a big process to try and find the right partners to work with. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, I've got so many thank you forms and letterhead forms here yeah. take me a lifetime to get through them all because <laughs> when you order them they say you know order 100 500 or a thousand or whatever it's yeah like, yeah yep. order yep. a thousand is not that much more expensive but then you never yep. use yeah right that's right um yeah just on that there are like a there's a new um well not new it's not new <laughs> um there's a service called print on demand that a lot of companies are starting to nice. embrace and i think it's becoming more accessible and and um more affordable as well so um you know explore those options as well because it's sort of like a more of like a made to order kind of um thing rather than a minimum of 1000 yeah so there are options there too yep absolutely and i mean i know there's probably a lot of people thinking now as well you know if we take it right back to the strategy level and think all right like what am i going to do do i do how do i go about my my brand, is it going to be a personal brand or is it going to be a company brand? Is it going to be a, a personal logo? Are they going to see me or are they going to see a, gen, a more generic logo? Any thoughts on, on that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think that's a little bit more of a, um, uh, you know, that sort of comes back to the fundamental um, shaping of your business, which um, I guess it, I, I guess the, the companies that we've worked with have already done some of that thinking, yep. um, but it can... Uh, it can certainly form part of um, this discovery of, you know, if, if something's changing and you're rebranding, um, you know, there, we haven't worked with anyone who's done this, but there is a, um, there is a model, I guess, where the, the business leader steps back from the, you know, sort of the invisible person behind the company and steps forward into the spotlight and becomes, you know, becomes the brand. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I said, we personally haven't worked with anyone like that, but um, uh, that's definitely a consideration. And if if you're sort of starting to become, you know, maybe some somewhat of an expert in your own field, um, that that could be, you know, that could be an alternative as well. You know, another rebranding alternative that we talk about, where your company stays exactly as it is, you remain the owner or not, and you step into the spotlight as a separate brand. So, yeah, ah, I kind like that. I mean, I, I think. That's kind of happening a lot. I agree. You know, I think a lot of the time now we're moving towards, you know, the personal brand side of things. We're moving towards mm. building relationships and building trust with someone tangible rather than just a generic logo. Yeah. So we want yeah. to know yeah. who the person is behind the brand. And I think it's yeah. happening more and more that, you know, the founder of the company or the, um, you know, the, the key players are moving forward and becoming part of that, of that branding exercise. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yep. And, and even to the point where, you know, you might have an agency where you have five or 10 consultants working for you. They can mm. each have a small mini personal brand under the large brand as well. 
hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah, so no, many totally branding right. opportunities, and you know, yeah. I suppose that's where your hybrid model can come into it as well. It's kind of they're extensions of your existing brand. That's right, and I guess the like the, the point you're making is a really good one because you know the the, the thinking here is that um, whatever your company does, it doesn't need to be um, you know a one. There's not one size fits all products mm. in your company or all services. There are ways to um, give legs to new services, new products, or new personal brands yeah. um, that don't affect what you've built to that point. Because you know some some of these companies that we've worked with, they've been in business twenty years, thirty years. One legal firm has been in business. You know, it, the grandfather started it, so it's um, or even the great grandfather, I think. So it was it was well over a hundred year old company. Um, and they're considering throwing everything out and starting again. And, you know, oh that could be the right path for them. We haven't come to a decision there yet, but um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of history to throw out, you know, so um, yeah. there's, there are plenty of considerations there. And not to mention, you know, um, copyright of logos and trademarks and all that kind of stuff mm. they might have mm. acquired over the years as well. There's a great story out of the US. Um, if you've heard of MailChimp, there's this yeah, sure. um, alternative company called um, ConvertKit. They're a um, yeah, they're like a competitor. Oh, yeah. And um, the founder of that of ConvertKit, his name is Nathan Barry. He's um, very publicly written about when they attempted a rebrand and completely failed with it. Oh. Um, they basically tried to change the name because they felt like they'd outgrown the name ConvertKit, which was right. you know something that he started at home and they grew to several million dollars and wanted to change with it um, and made a big mistake, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on a new domain name through a big negotiation. And they just had to reverse and go back to ConvertKit um, oh because they, they just they just missed the mark completely. Basically, I think the message in that whole um, story is that they came to the decision to change the name of the company um, behind closed doors. They've got a very big audience and they didn't engage the, you know, the audience at all. And it was basically the audience that told them that they made a mistake. Oh, and they had to admit it and, and they had to undo everything. And, you know, very, very expensive mistake, um, but he's very open about the, the, the journey. Um, so that's a really interesting article to read. Wow, fascinating. <laughs> and, that, you know, that's a really good point you made. Like, you know, engage with your audience. Get some feedback before you do it. Yes. Yeah. Well, ideas I mean, first. Get, maybe call a bit of a, a strategy session with some, you know, some key um, followers or key audience members and see what you know what they come yeah. come back with. One of the um one of the conversations we often have is that um you know because as we've said um company people are tied to their company people are very attached to their companies you know business leaders and founders are very attached to their companies and um and their their own values and and a lot of them is in it. But what we often have to remind them is, yeah, and this isn't my thinking. This is this is someone someone much smarter than me has come up with this with this thinking, and we just remind our clients of it: is that your company is not for you. You're not your you're not your company's client. Yeah, you're not you're you are not your customer. Your customers are, are your customers. Very true. And um and rebranding is. Uh, it's definitely something you want to bring your customers along with. You don't want to keep it. It's not like the motor show where you reveal the new model that year. You know, yep. you don't want to keep it under wraps. Right. You really want to bring them along on the journey and um, and you know make them make them feel part of of what you're creating because yeah. they are. You know, they're going to shape your business. So yeah, and that's a great opportunity to get you know get buy-in and get them involved in your journey. And that's a great story to tell on social media and in marketing. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. that creates your tribe and your journey further through that process. 
So I think yeah, that's a really people engage idea. with that. Like people really, really do come along with it, especially yeah. if they like the direction that you're going in. Um, yeah, yeah. People want, to, people want to be part of something these days. They want to, they want to go mm. on the journey with you. It's not about, here we go, done. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> and you made a really good point. Like, is the rebrand for you or is the rebrand for your customer? Why are you rebranding in the first place? You know, that's, that's a right. really, that's- really important point. Yeah, it's part of the vision setting. So you you, um, you will come up, you will have that feeling yourself that something needs to change. That'll happen by yourself. It may come from feedback from yeah. customers, yeah. Um, but you will kind of start that process. You know, as a business leader, you'll say, okay, I think we need to explore this. And you go on an exploration and, you know, you start with your team, you bring in a few customers, you bring in a few advisors. Um, it's not that you have to publicly broadcast every step of the way on Instagram (laughs) Um, unless you're that kind of personality then then by all means but um, the important thing is not to try and do it on your own in a closed room without any feedback yeah perfect love it yeah and I suppose that's where you come in but uh, before we get into that I just want to chat a bit about um, now I'm assuming you're wearing your green t-shirt to be environmentally friendly or is that a total totally by accident but (laughs) (laughs) well done well done but let's talk more about the environmentally friendly side i mean obviously we touched on that and the fact that um there's a lot of waste with um Mm. print material but um maybe let's expand on that is there any other any other areas within that environmental and sustainability concept for branding there are there are um one of the um ways that we're still exploring ourselves is um there are suppliers that will so basically digital products um can help in this area um so you know we all talk about a carbon footprint which has become a bit of a buzzword and people are sort of getting a bit deaf to these these um you know these terms that sound like you know sound like someone's trying to pull the wool over our eyes a little bit um but um there are some interesting stats on the internet and um uh sorry not on the internet through through actual real (laughs) research there's some stats about how much energy is used um you know to power the internet there's plenty of information about you know how much energy goes into powering bitcoin and and you know those kind of tools so um there are suppliers who you know um like like for your website like your hosting provider there are green suppliers in that space. So green tech is a, is a thing. Um, nice. If you're building websites or apps, um, there are servers that run on renewable energy um, nice. that use minimal, um, uh, minimal resources. And they do actually bring down um, the, the footprint of your, your digital presence. Um, and there, is, there are tools to, to measure. You, know, you can actually measure the carbon footprint of a single web page. Wow. Um, this is one of the drivers behind dark mode. If you've, yep. if you've come across dark mode everywhere, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the theory is, is just that switching to dark, you know, burns less energy. And, um, you know, these are, these are sort of micro adjustments you can make, but everything's contributing. Right. So, um, so we've, you know, as a, as a company, we've moved all our digital products onto green servers. Um, and we also sort of help our customers with, um, finding alternatives, not just to rebranding, but to marketing material in general. So um, we've started developing a product that is digital annual reports. Um, so our customers, you know, are 
not-for-profits, um, national organizations, and they produce annual reports every year that are often printed. Um, and I think by law, there are some components that need to be printed and posted um, to certain to certain people. Yep. Um, but the majority of those, those documents, um, you know, they can be um, hundreds of pages and wow. often sit in boxes in a warehouse. Yeah, <laughs> um, oh, you know, they might get 500 copies printed, 50 people get a copy and the rest of them sit there until next year when they have to renew That's right. the annual report and throw all those ones out. So there are digital alternatives to that. Um, there are digital alternatives to a lot of marketing materials. So that's another, that's another, um, you know, angle that we, we guide people through. Yeah. Great. Um, so there's think sorry. about it. E-signatures must've saved a lot of wastage alone. Just the digital yeah. signature. Yeah. 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 Assuming, um, assuming, where the signature is going is accepted that way because <laughs> um I've had a couple I've had a couple of walls with that which is unfortunate yeah where they don't accept a digital signature they still want you to print it and take a photo <laughs> um yeah yeah so you'll still hit barriers but um but there are alternatives coming up everywhere and yeah fascinating yeah so definitely so obviously there's um sustainable um strategy in actually just stopping you know printing too much content or possibly using alternative content that's not physical, that's more digital, but mm. also going to suppliers and um, platforms that are sustainably environmentally conscious. Yeah, and I think that's probably, um, you know, we're, we're basically, we're really touching just on marketing material, yep. you know, what we, you and I have been talking about here, but um, a lot of this comes back to, you know, fundamental business values, you know, there's sustainability is, you know, it, like we said, the terms being thrown around that people are probably starting to get a little bit deaf to. Yeah. But it, we have to realize that this isn't a fad, like this is an important step um, that a lot of companies need to make. And, you know, if, if, you, if we talk about sport or music, you know, there are fundamentals that you have to learn before you'll get good at those things. Definitely. And, you know, sustainable thinking is one of those fundamentals that we really need to build into, you know, the core of our businesses if we're going to ensure that they, that they, you know, survive and, and just do the right thing by our customers. And, 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 you know, I, I think about, I think about my kid, I think about the future and um, you know, that's one of the big drivers of trying to help make this change with, with the organizations we come across. Love it. I think it's fantastic. And, and, you know, something else that just popped into my head while we're talking is that, you know, even the, process of thinking about being environmentally friendly in your rebranding strategy might actually lead to incredible creativity because you might think, ah, I don't want to do that because I don't want to have any printed material. What else can I do? And that might lead you down a whole other strategy of putting together all sorts of incredible video and audio pod and podcast content. hundred oh, yeah. It's a whole, it's yeah. a creative outlet or a creative opportunity to start yeah. thinking much more wider in terms of your content strategy and not always thinking about what can I print, what can I make to print, what can I, you know. What yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's like it, it, it gets you thinking lean as well, you know, like um, not sort of thinking in excess. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good point that you make. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, so, Danny, I'd love to hear more about how you actually work because, as I mentioned, I've never met a rebranding specialist in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fascinating. So if a company wants to rebrand, they come to you, 
And yes. maybe just walk us through what you do and how you do it. And, you know, do you yeah. have a team that works with you and how does it yeah. all work? Yeah. Um, essentially, we run a workshop. So um, if you're sort of getting this, this feeling, this itch that something needs to change, um, we'll have a quick chat with you. And we think, you know, if we think there's, um, or if, you know, collectively you and I think that something is needing further exploration, um, book in a workshop with us and we'll spend a few hours over a few sessions if we need to. Um, and we'll go through, you know, we'll, we'll help you figure out what that, what that vision is, what the, what the end goal is. Nice. Um, we'll go through, you know, several alternatives, uh, that you can consider, um, considering, you know, who your team is as well. So, um, just one point I'll make too. We basically, we help you figure out this vision and set the process up. And then, uh, as much as possible, we, also help you figure out if your team can actually take on that workload or if you need to go and source um suppliers and third party you know third party suppliers to help you through it awesome. and then we'll refer you out so we don't actually help with the actual changing of the brand um the design or anything like that right um so we kind of guide you down the right path and you know sort of let you figure it not let you figure it out on your own we're always there to help but it's it's very much your project um yeah. from there on but um yeah so we help you figure out those alternatives and it's it's a it's a it's kind of a big discovery process that at the other end of it you get um you basically get a roadmap for how your rebrand could go um it's doing that inventory it's finding those suppliers um and like our big aim is that you actually successfully get to the end of whatever your rebranding path is because that's a surprisingly rare outcome mm. so many companies start off down a rebranding path and there's several reasons they just don't get there. You know, they, they realize how big it is. Like we were saying earlier, um, they realize they've haven't thought about the, the end goal and they're actually not on the right path. So they bail out of it. Um, it drags on, it takes too long for various reasons, or like I've explained with ConvertKit, they get there, they launch and they realize it was the wrong thing <laughs> and they have to revert. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's, it's really unpacking all of that. All of that you know avoiding all of those kind of things making sure that you take the right path you actually get to the end of it um and and actually and get back to business because another goal with us is that um we don't want to we're we're a rebranding a rebranding is a project that should start and finish in our mind yeah. so we kind of want you to be done with us as soon as possible we want you in out and getting getting on with, get with running your business, business. Absolutely. Yep. So do you get involved in the project management of that whole process or not really? As a general, um, I mean, mostly we don't. Um, mostly we, we set that early vision. Um, but we have a couple of clients who we um, are there. So we're sort of on call for them sure. for advice because, um, you know, they, they have gone and found their own suppliers um, and we'll often jump into, you know, round tables once a month or something like that. Um, just sort of, you know, make sure that vision's still clear, you know, keep the, keep, help them keep the ship steered straight. Yep. Um, as far as project management, not necessarily, no. No, there are, there are people who can do that much, much better than we can. Awesome. And do you work in any particular niche or do you have any, any favorite niches or areas that you like to work in or you'll rebrand, you'll help a customer rebrand in any area? It really depends on the vision. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll talk to anyone. We're happy to talk to anyone who's considering this. Um, from a from a solo founder to um, 
you know, our sweet spot is a is a multi-location um, Australian organization. So something like a charity with an office in every capital city, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, and we exclusively work with Australian companies as well. So we don't work with overseas companies. Um, we just think there's a there's a different culture overseas and we don't want to try and speak someone else's language really. Yeah, um, you know, emotional language, not necessarily English. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, so yeah, we 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 stick with Australian companies. Um, and if there's if that you know, there are there are challenges. The bigger the company gets, um, and there are also sort of you know management consultants start to come in when the company is a little bit bigger, a little bit out of our realm. Yeah, um, and they start yeah, to I'd say that and change direction a little. Yeah, and the decisions get bigger and they get a bit longer. You know, you've got directors and um, and boards and things like that to consider. So, um, so yeah, we'll definitely happy to talk to anyone because we we feel like just that discovery conversation is um, is you know it's a critical first step that Absolutely. should be had, and it's one that you may not necessarily get to have if you embark down a path and you know go straight to. Say you go straight to your marketing team or your your creative team and say we need to rebrand. It might be a case of yep, everyone just gets started and start doing work before yeah. too much consideration is given to the end result. So. I would say the majority of people would do exactly that. So oh, rebrand. <laughs> let's just what are we going to do? Let's get a new logo. Yeah, I think that's where that painful uh, word change comes our from. email address. Let's change our colors. Let's get a printer. Yes. Let's get a graphic <laughs> designer. Let's go. And then you realize, uh oh. So I think what yep. you mentioned, you know, really going through that strategy and preparation phase at the beginning to come come in with a checklist and do an inventory and really work yeah. out what you need to do what alternatives there are yeah. what ways of doing things there might be available to you i think that's a f absolutely imperative part of the process these days yeah and it's and it's fairly um it's fairly uh general you know it's it can apply we've, we've used it for technology software companies we've used it for insurance companies used it for a bank um yeah, right. used it for solo and husband and wife companies it yeah. does help you know it does bring just that little smidge of clarity that you need to take we kind of we call ourselves step 0 0.5 so you can go and take step one okay. and what what do you do if you have uh two people that are decision makers that are right in the middle and they can't seem to and agree, can't agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I dig into my bag of <laughs> every, every, every tool I can think of to keep people. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a tricky situation. Um, it's, I guess in that, in that case, um, I can't speak, you know, from, I haven't had that yet <laughs> um, or not, not to a, not to a painful degree anyway, but um, I guess that comes back to reminding them that it's, you know, it's about their customers. It's not about them. Yeah, um, really I imagine a, 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 anything that they don't agree on, possibly driven by a personal um, belief. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of trying to guide them through that that kind of thinking. Yeah, I think that is really, 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 really um, incredible. Very, very clever. I think that's so true because a lot of the time, you know, rebranding is based on ego. It's based on what we think we should do, what how we, how we perceive ourselves with what we're doing, how we perceive ourselves in the yeah. marketplace. So I think- yeah. Focusing back on the customer can change that whole perspective. Yeah. I think that's yeah. really interesting. Well done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well, Danny, really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been absolutely fascinating. I mean, I, you know, I never realized there was so much into rebranding. 
So anytime I'm ever going to do any rebranding, I need that checklist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely give it some thinking beforehand. Absolutely. But um, <laughs> just want to give you an opportunity to tell the audience how they can find you. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so impactlabs.com.au is yep. where where everything's at. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't do a lot of social stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. And if you go to impactlabs.com.au forward slash rebrand, there's a document there that you can download that talks you through, you know, some of the alternatives that we've talked about here. Um, it's completely free and yeah, help yourself. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'll make sure I put that uh, in the show notes because that'll be a very, very useful link. Um, yeah. And uh, I always like to leave my guest with the last few words. So anything, any little tips or takeaways, you know, any quick little tricks that you might be able to um, give to somebody that's thinking about rebranding? Yeah, um, it's a good question, actually. Um, the, yeah, the very first thing I would say is just take a step back. Don't rush. Um, yeah. You know, have a have a have a chat with at least one other person. Mm -hmm. Don't don't try and make this decision on your own in a closed space. It doesn't matter if you if you are a solopreneur. Um, cringe a little bit when I say that word. <laughs> um, yeah, get some. Just bounce it off one other person at least. Yeah, I think that's very, very sound advice. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Danny, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Thanks, I wish you incredibly well. Hopefully you get really busy um, into next year. And I'm sure that you're looking forward to a bit of a downtime now towards the end of this year. Yeah, definitely. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we all are. But yeah. uh, everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I, I have. Danny Raspandini from Impact Labs Australia, and we'll see you very, very soon for another episode of Playing With Perspective. Bye for now. Thanks, Darren.